Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We just form a fucking wall. O'Neal deep on the post, lots of contact there. Oh, what a block by Wallace! What wow. a jump ball! He's down four, 12 8, 7 38 to play the first one. First from Rodney, stuck into the rim! Reggie inside for Andre, and a dynamite dunk! Pistons fans, welcome to another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast. Brendan Johnson, Aaron Johnson, Ryan Pay, all here with you. And it's the final podcast before the NBA trade deadline, so you obviously have probably heard about that big Kristaps Porzingis trade. We're going to get into that. We're going to get into possibly some moves the Pistons could look into making before next week's deadline. Uh, several Pistons storylines to talk about, but you know, first and foremost, Andre Drummond, three games back after being injured, and he's been playing really good basketball. Um, you know, since coming back. You know, you look at his previous three games, 23 points, 15 rebounds, three steals. 20 points, 13 rebounds, four uh, four assists, two steals, and a block. 24 points on 11 of 13 shooting, 20 rebounds, a steal, and a block. Uh, and, and in those three games, averaging only one turnover a game. So um, for Andre to come back and be playing as well as he is, well, I know where my mindset goes. Increase the trade value. But nonetheless, good to see Andre playing well, Aaron. Yeah, Brennan, thanks for reading my tweet live on air. I appreciate that. But uh, <laughs> Drummond's been playing better, no question about it, since coming back from the injury. You know, I think the main hope is maybe he just needed some rest. That injury rejuvenated him a bit. Uh, but the way he's come out and played has been great to see. He's scoring the ball much more efficiently. I mean, against the Mavericks uh, on uh, Thursday night, 11-13 from the field, 24 points, 20 rebounds. Had the league highest eighth 2020 game in the league this season. Just the way he's been playing in these last three games has been so much more efficient. He's not turning the ball over. His shooting percentages are up. He's rebounding like a monster. The effort is there, and when the effort is there, Drummond is a very good player. And we're seeing that in these last three games, and his value has been on full display in these last three games. It's great to see whether you want him traded or not. You see how well he's played. You see how it's impacted the team. That has, that's always been the thing about Andre Drummond from day one. When he puts his head down and he grinds, he's a monster. And that's what we've seen these last three games. Coming back from injury, his head has been in the game. He's been going full effort. And he's just been working hard. Not trying to do too much. Just playing the way he can mm-hmm. play. And he's dominating the game. And it's great to see. Like you said, whether you want him traded or not. Uh, whether you believe he's the king of kings or not, because I know there's people out there that think that. Well, however way you look at it, he's playing extremely well, and if he keeps up this style of play, these last three games, since Beck coming back from injury, I mean, he's one of the top players, not in the league, but top 25? Yeah. Oh, he's a top 25 top 20, player the way he's been playing. When maybe? you can be a 20-20 threat on efficient shooting and low turnovers... You are literally ma- that's that's where Andre Drummond the way is he's playing the way he's playing that's what pairs well with Blake Griffin is these last three games playing this way. So yeah, I mean, if this is going to keep up, then you can build around this if if it stays consistent. Well, you you look at Andre, and I think the biggest thing you guys talked about is you know he's not trying to do too much, and it kind of reminds you of the game that Andre played. Um, when the Pistons were in L.A. against the Clippers and Blake went off for his 44 and the Pistons got a big win, he played within his game, and he was efficient. He didn't try to do too much. He was not turning the ball over. When you're able to have that 20-20 threat, now Andre Drummond becomes an elite part of that that three-man core you need to contend on a nightly basis and hopefully then for a championship. But there's too much inconsistency with this play. It's been identified and noted by the Pistons, um, you know, starting with their top executives, right? Tom Gores and Ed Stefanski both said that. They are both very well aware of his inconsistency shooting the basketball, maybe his lack of effort defensively at times. But Andre, the last three games, has shown why he is still so highly regarded. But to me personally, I'm not fooled. I know that this is a stint. 
The league is full of, of swings, stints, however you want to phrase it. Andre's playing good ball right now. How soon till he has one of the, you know, one of those really just bad Andre games? The like nine points, thirteen garbage boards, but he turns the ball over. He bogs down the offense. How soon till we have one of those days? And how quickly then do we turn on Andre Drummond? So for me, I look at this and I say, hey, this is awesome. You're going to get the most for Andre maybe right now because you're seeing him play at such an elite level. Let's move him. Let's maximize the value for him and try to get something at the break. Though I know that's going to be very hard to do with the contract. You know, the only the thing that steers me away from trading Drummond, especially recently, has just been, well, he's come back and he's played so well. And you look at what's going on on the wing for Detroit, and they just cannot find a consistent threat to shoot and score on the wing. Luke Kennard, 19 points against the Bucks, didn't or he had two points against Dallas yesterday. Reggie Bullock has been on a cold streak lately. Yesterday, one of eight from the floor. Stanley Johnson didn't play well. You know, there's no one on the wing that is consistently scoring for this team. The only reason that the Pistons have been in these games, and mind you, Blake Griffin did not have a, a good shooting night yesterday, just eight of 26 from the floor, because Andre was just fantastic. And when Andre plays this well, he keeps them in these types of games where, yeah, Detroit should have blown a depleted Dallas team out of the water. But because no one that, that plays the wing spot could hit a shot and Blake was having an off-shooting night, Andre was just doing everything he could to keep them in that game. And that was great to see. So, you know, if Detroit goes big at the deadline, like we'll talk about, we'll talk about the possibilities of that, you know, and maybe Drummond gets moved, then fine. But right now, Drummond's showing that with the lack of consistency on the wing... This is, you know, they need Drummond. I look at it as if Andre Drummond's playing well, this is when you move him for an elite wing addition. Because I think with Andre out, the Pistons prove they can still compete in games and win games. You know, you need to upgrade over your current center position of what Zaza Pachulia uh, and John Luer then being the, the first two guys to kind of take over the center position. Um you would need to upgrade. You would need to have somebody maybe more athletic that could just be a, a, a rebounder but doesn't need the number of offensive touches that at times Andre commands. And um, you find a guy that can be a playmaker on the wing that opens up Blake Griffin more. This goes back to the conversation that we've had you know, since the summer, how they just need another wing threat. They need a wing scorer. And to be honest, the only asset you have to get somebody that can create on the wing is Andre Drummond. Because nobody wants Reggie Jackson. Not one person. Sorry, they don't. And Andre Drummond still, Aaron, as you've alluded to in the past, has value in the league. He's playing well right now. A team that thinks, hey, we can get a guy that's a a double-double threat on a nightly basis, gives us some athleticism. If he can help run the floor with our quick guards, maybe he fits right in. Um, And you're able to get back a wing piece that can help you take the next step as a Pistons organization. Um, And you find a way to get through at that center spot until the offseason probably when you address it. I don't know. To me, that sounds like a real lucrative idea for Detroit. I, I you're not wrong, Brendan. It is a lucrative deal, but I, I don't. Know. I'm so conflicted right now about. It. I don't even know what to say. I'm so conflicted. This team is such a disaster. Let's just be honest. Yeah, we all know what to say. There's people who think this is a playoff contending team the way it's built right now that they can fight for a playoff spot. No, they cannot. This team is not built for that right now. So clearly moves need to be made. I don't know if we want to get into the whole trade discussion right now in general. but Might might as well. Might as well. Honestly, at this point. I mean, the Pistons have three options, but really I think they only have two options. Sell off their minor, more minor pieces um, as a sell. Reggie Bullock, Ish Smith, uh, Stanley Johnson. Or go big. And Rod Beard said in an interview with James Edwards and... uh, What's the guy's name from Fox Sports? Johnny Kane. Johnny Kane, thank you. Um, that Rob Beard thinks the team is going to... He has a gut feeling they're going to go big at the deadline. The, and let's just put it out there. They said there's no untouchables, but Blake Griffin is an untouchable. The only other piece that constitutes a big move... Well, there's two. 
is Andre Drummond and this year's first round draft pick. Those are the only pieces that constitute a big move. I mean, sprinkling like Bruce Brown or Luke Kennard or something in there, sure with it. Fine. But if Rod Beard is correct in his gut feeling that this team is trying to go big and will go big given the opportunity, Andre Drummond is not safe right now at this trade deadline. No, he's not. And the thing is, the thing is, there's more to it than just, there's got to, this team is destined to make some sort of move. They have to. Like, you look at the trades being made around the NBA, you know, while we're recording this podcast, there's news of a Utah Mike Conley trade in the works. That's another guy that Detroit had interest in. You know, Dennis Smith Jr. got dealt. That's a guy Detroit had interest in. These teams just aren't sitting around. You know, they're not standing pat. No team is standing pat unless you're Golden State and you can stand pat because you're Golden State. All these other teams, they're either buying or selling. Detroit's got to jump one way. I think they're going to jump towards the buying. You know, when you have Tom Gore saying he'll go into the luxury tax, when you have guys like Rod Beard who have, you know, are around the team every day, say they have a gut feeling Detroit's going to go big. You hear uh, Vincent Ellis of the Detroit Free Press say that the Pistons had were had high interest in Tim Hardway Jr. before he got dealt in the Kristaps uh, Porzingis trade. So Detroit is trying to make a move. I think it's trending in the bigger direction. What that is, though, we don't know because everything's happening so fast. The Kristaps Porzingis trade came, you know, we heard about it, and it happened within an hour. This Mike Conley trade, you hear about it this morning. It sounds like they're on a path to Who get knows? the Who knows? It could done. break while we're doing this podcast, exactly. dude. That's how fast these moves are being made so right now. Detroit's going to have to make a decision. You know, Ed Stefanski said last week that he was going to try to wait until the last few days of the deadline. I just that don't know waiting, if that's going to work. That it's waiting over. period is done. Yeah, that waiting that period, waiting period ended when Kristaps Porzingis got traded. Done. Because teams are now moving. Exactly. So, I think Detroit is, is trending in the direction of trying to make a bigger move. Will they get it done? We'll see. Yeah, that remains to be seen if they get it done. But you'll hear about that in trade talks for, for different types of players. If they're going big, the big piece is Andre Drummond. There isn't enough lower-level assets that can grow into big pieces to trade for a big piece. You, There's no package you can put together that wouldn't involve Andre Drummond for a big piece. Not saying, like, we're not... Brendan's advocating for the Andre Drummond trade. Absolutely. I'm conflicted. I think Aaron's a little conflicted. Yep. It, don't, he's, don't be no, I, you're not saying don't be fooled by the mirage. Because we've seen this mirage all throughout his career. I get that. But what... I, I don't... I know it's terrible. But what if it's finally here? An Andre Drummond that isn't going to do too much. Just play within what he is. And go be that well, twenty and remember, and and remember, Andre had a fantastic season last year. He was an All Star last year. When he had, you know, the the playmaking, you know, the the initiating opportunities that he had, he was shooting somewhat efficiently. Was playing within himself. I think he's learning how to play alongside Blake Griffin. You know, I think, I like I said, I think these last three games of him being out, it just afforded him time to rest. He came back, and just the way that he's played has been. It's been rejuvenating. It's been, you know, I like what I'm seeing. So continuing to trend in that direction, and Detroit's got two pieces that are, are serious, you know. And I've had my fair share of criticism. Ryan and I have both talked about how Andre Drummond does things that we just despise. And, Brennan, with you wanting to trade him, we know your fair share of issues with Drummond. But at the same time, Andre Drummond is still a darn good basketball player. Brendan? Guys... You're better than this. You're better than this. I'm so disappointed. Like, I'm not mad at you. I am disappointed in you. That's what I am. Because Andre Drummond could still be a darn good player. But I want you to look at it, and I want you to ask yourself, how much team success has that generated? How much has that... Um, how, many, how many playoff wins have come in the Andre Drummond you're, era? No. Brendan, How much success right. has come in the Andre Drummond era? You're How many right. great things has Andre Drummond done in Detroit? I, I'm not, I'm not going to buy into a three-game stretch right before the trade deadline, um, where he's had some time to rest and his legs are fresh. I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not buying it. I'm sorry, I'm not. And um, 
Brendan, I'm on the boat too of I believe an elite wing scorer or an elite wing player is more valuable than a big man underneath because you can go find another rebounder. Granted, nobody's a good rebounder, Andre Drummond. Nobody's saying that. But I'm, I agree, I'm in agreement that, hey, I'd rather have an elite wing as opposed to an elite center because you can go find a good rebounding center who can both go put in some garbage points. And then you have Blake Griffin and that elite scorer on the wing. Okay. I, I agree there. I, you know I that's what I prefer on the team. Then what are we but doing if saying what if? What are we doing saying, guys, we can't overlook the possibility that this is it. He has finally seen the light. That midway through another disappointing season, Andre Drummond has finally come into form. He hasn't. Do not be fooled by three games. Brendan, you're not, it's not going to hurt my feelings if he gets traded. You don't have to yell at me. I know, but it's not going to hurt my feelings. But but this whole vibe if the move is there, go for it. Absolutely. Oh yeah, if you can make an upgrade on the wing, then go you do for it. it. But don't sell Andre Drummond for fifty or seventy five cents on the dollar. That's I think that's the whole point. Yeah. of what we're trying to get at. To me, if you move Andre and you get his cap and you get some more opportunities to then, if you don't make the trade that gets you the elite guy, you have the flexibility to go get an elite guy. guy. Nobody, Detroit is not a free agent destination. I'm sorry. And, it's just not. But no we, matter the money, it's been proven time such, and again. And they're still in such a cap situation that removing Drummond's salary, you know, they're over the cap right now. They're pushing the, the, the luxury tax. They won't have the ability to go out and sign a big name free agent, even if they wanted to, you know, because the money won't just open up like that. They still have to get off of... Jackson's money, John Lewis' money, Langston Galloway's money, because they need actual cap space. They'd still be, they wouldn't have enough money to, without Andre Drummond's contract, to sign a guy to a max contract because they're over the cap right now, and they wouldn't have any sure. of those players' bird rights to be able to go over the cap. So then, look at it this way, right? Would you agree or disagree that if Detroit makes a trade that sends Andre Drummond somewhere for fifty to seventy-five cents on the dollar? Let's use that, you know, whatever. Um, if they make that trade, does Detroit's record continue to deplete? Yes or no? Their record? Yeah, their record. Go down. Yeah, I'll go down. Okay, so then the value of the first round pick increases, correct? But here's the thing: Detroit's already there's those, those teams at the bottom are already so far down that Detroit can only get down to six or seven. Hey, but is six or seven better than you know fourteen to seventeen? But they won't get all the way down to six or seven. But They're let's say they get to games. ten. Let's say they get to ten or eleven. Are we that? They may already be at ten or eleven. Are we that worried about? I don't know. ten or eleven or twelve or thirteen. Uh, I would rather be at ten than fifteen. They're not going to be at fifteen. They're a nine seed. Like there's, there, there's, there's still like, and if they're talking about competing and going and making a move to then get in the playoffs, you know, Detroit could end up looking at being a 15-16 seed if they try to make a late push to five hundred and sneak in the playoffs. Maybe even two games under five hundred. The forty and forty-two Pistons taking on the Bucks or the Raptors and getting absolutely lit up in the first round of the playoffs. Like the value of the pick, hell, even staying at wherever we'd be at right now, the thirteen fourteen range, is better than making a push to be five hundred, get the eight seed, get blasted out of the playoffs, and end up with the seventeenth pick out of the lottery. Come on. Uh, to me, it's a no-brainer that it, that you you are all in on moving Andre Drummond. And I don't care if you move him for less, because even if the financial flexibility is not there immediately, you're able to then still, if not this summer, next summer, work to get more money off the books. You don't sign the elite guy, because I get you're not going to get the elite guy to sign in free agency to Detroit, but whether it's through a trade or whether it's then being able to have two drafts of putting some younger core around Blake Griffin, it, it just is a way more appealing option than watching Andre wow. Drummond sit here and continue to frustrate night in and night out besides little spurts. I'll leave it at this. I'll leave it at this. This is my last little piece on Andre Drummond and trading him. You don't trade a player that's producing and is under team control for 50 cents on the dollar. You just never do that. No team will ever do that. So that's where I that's where I end on it. Okay. Where do you end up? Brendan, you, I'm all, you know I'm about the youth movement. I'd rather this team go young and lose with a purpose and try to build that way because the middling, we've been doing it for 10 years. This middling, everyone's worried about tanking. You want to do two, three, four years of garbage to not 
to only maybe work out. But we've done 10 years of middling for it to only maybe work out, and it hasn't. You know I get that, but I agree with Aaron. You don't sell a player who's considered top-notch for 50 cents on the dollar. And all, but my overall point to everything is, for those Andre Drummond stands who are listening, be prepared to see his name involved in trades. Because if the Pistons want to go big, which seems to be the theme, that's who has to be involved. I'll conclude... 22 and 28, zero playoff wins. That's all I look at the Andre Drummond era. 22 and 28 this year, not a single playoff win. Anyways, we have a superstar in Detroit. Blake Griffin, for the sixth time in his career, has been named an All Star. Scored 443 points this season, uh, or this month, excuse me. Um, and that is the most scored by any Piston ever in a single month. Blake Griffin has played top-notch basketball, and he's been a class act. He's been a leader, um, and no matter what he says, it is visible that this team is frustrating, and it is getting to him because they are not playing at a high enough level. And he knew even after the Dallas game, if you watched his post-game interview, he was asked, "You know, why are you so somber? You guys just won a game. And he's like, I'm not somber, but I just know we can be better. And that's now numerous times that Blake has went to the media and said, we can be better. And you don't just do that. Now, some guys could say, ah, yeah, we can be better, but that's okay. You look at Blake's body language, you look at the sincerity beyond it, and you look at how many other guys in the locker room are also saying that same thing. It's not many. Yeah, but that's not Blake. Like trying to scapegoat or whatever. That's not Blake trying to create a story. It's not Blake trying to create a story. It's Blake being frustrated with the guys around him. Well, that's what a leader should be doing. A leader should be saying that his team should be playing better. And he's damn right when he says it. I mean, the Mavericks team was literally had guys that did not play. You know, Salah Mejri, Ryan Brokoff. Those guys got big minutes and played and had huge roles. And they competed with a fully healthy Pistons team. You know, for Blake Griffin to go out and say what he said, that's, I mean, to me, that's not an issue. It's not a story. It's none of that. It's its just a sign that he's frustrated. I don't think it's a sign that he's frustrated. If you're trying to say that he's frustrated with the team and he's going to, like, start asking out, like, we're on severe disagreement there. I agree with Aaron there as well. Man, we're agreeing a lot today. I know. This usually doesn't happen. It doesn't happen a lot. It usually, like, it's usually, I, like, Brendan and Ryan against me. Normally it is. Yeah, I know. It's, it's a weird feeling. Um, I think Blake I don't think he's frustrated and wants out and forget this, screw this I'm not playing another game until I'm out of Detroit I don't think it's that I think he's just mad that because he feels the team is underachieving in a weak Eastern Conference especially if Andre Drum is good as he's supposed to be and Blake Griffin is playing like a top 15 player in the league how come they can't put it together better so when he says these things, this is Brendan is right. This is not the first time he said something like this to the media. We need to be better. We're underperforming. Part of me does believe that is a little uh, warning sign to the front office. Like, hey, we need to, we better have a plan in place. We better have some moves in place to get this better. I will. I will say that. That I think Blake is. Uh, Frustrated with the direction of the team in a way, maybe? I, I maybe think, not the direct. I don't I mean, know how to put it properly. I, I, I think Blake's frustrated that he's playing for a group of guys that their effort is consistently questioned, and the fans have taken note, and that's why Detroit is bottom in attendance. The absolute bottom in the league. That's embarrassing. That is utterly embarrassing. And, you know, for a Pistons team that's a nine seed, that's two games out of the playoffs... Everybody in Detroit is not fooled at all. He knows it's a frustrating setup. He alluded to his time when he went to the Clippers and how he's dealt with them much worse and this isn't anything. But the thing with the Clippers is, you know, they drafted Blake to be the piece while he was a young guy right out of college to come and lead an organization. Blake is going to realize, and it may not happen till next year, but if things don't get better... Blake is going to realize that he's in his 30s 
and his opportunities to compete for a championship are dwindling. And he is not going to do this for long if it does not get better. No, exactly. That's what I was going to say. When Blake was drafted at the age of 20, there was time. Time was on his side. He could play for three years and it not be the best three years the franchise has ever had, but he's still only 23, and they've put building blocks in place. He's about to be 30 now. Time is not on Blake Griffin's side for playing this way. You, Blake wants to be one of the centerpieces when a team wins. He doesn't want to be that journeyman old man who joins a team because he's chasing a ring. You can tell that's not where Blake wants to be. Blake wants to be one of the guys who's the reason the team won the cha- the NBA championship. Yes. The leader. The leader Maybe of the Maybe not the team, best player, but, but the, the leader. leader. And one of the more important tr- contributors. Yeah. And Blake's time is running out with that. He's not going to play like this when he's 37. He's going to be 30 next year. Time is running out on Blake. And that is, I think, what's frustrating him the most. Is he doesn't want to sit through a four-year rebuild when he's 33, 34 years old and the team's mm-hmm. finally good. He doesn't want to sit through that. And he's on the last year of his contract. And, hey, they made it to the second round, but they just need that next year to finally get to that next step. And, okay, he's got to re-sign in Detroit. I don't think he wants that. Not at all. Not at all. So that's why... I don't think Detroit needs to be worried going into this offseason. I think Blake knows that he was snubbed in L.A. and he needs to give Detroit a chance because, if anything, Detroit has embraced him. You know, and the fans oh, are not if coming anything, to Detroit, games, Detroit loves him. Detroit has embraced him. If he wasn't here, the, the terrible int- attendance would be even worse. Like, I was at the Milwaukee game this past week when they played the Bucks. The whole upper bowl, completely empty, and then that mid-level bowl... Like 15% full, maybe. And then the lower bowl, maybe 40, 35% full. Like nobody there. Terrible crowd. Because the Pistons don't do anything for us to go out there. If Blake wasn't there, I it, it'd be literally 15% full in the entire place. Yeah, No one would be buying tickets. The only reason anyone is showing up is, right now is to watch Blake Griffin. Yep. That's it. So, yes, this city has embraced him. And, I th- and he's noticed. He's noticed the only reason, without saying it, he's not going to say it, but the only reason people are showing up these games is to watch him at yes, this point. Yes, 100%. And then there's, you know, and then there's the <clears throat> diehards who are there to watch Bruce Brown develop and Luke Kennard develop. I get that. But in general, people are only showing up for Blake Griffin. And he knows that. So he knows he's being embraced, and that's why he's willing to give it a chance. So... I don't know. Aaron, you said you were in severe disagreement with if uh, you, know, you should be worried about him right now. What are your thoughts on that? Well, if the Pistons can't put together a winning team around him, then Blake Griffin deserves to go to a better team. Oh, absolutely. But this team is going, this franchise is going to try to put together a winning team around Blake, with Blake as the leader, with, I'm sure with Blake's, you know, ideas and his support. So I wouldn't be worried about Blake Griffin leaving. I think Blake Griffin is too smart of a guy to just be like, oh, it's been one season and we haven't figured it all out with a new coach and a new system. So, you know, screw it. I'm out. I think he's a smarter guy. He's a businessman, too. He is a businessman. He's very much a businessman. Let's give Blake Griffin more credit than that. Oh, no, no, absolutely. Nobody said it would be this year. Did you, like, listen to what I said? Well, you just said. When you came out and we introduced a topic, you know, you sounded like Blake Griffin was, you know, but did you listen to what I just said? I just said you don't have to worry about it this year. I said it's after next year that if it doesn't get better, you got to start worrying about it. Maybe. That's I, but I, I think, think that's I think point. I think they're trying to build a winning team, and I think Blake knows it's going to take time. Rome wasn't built in a day. Did he expect him to be this? Stop bad this using year? that line. Like, oh my God! Detroit does not have these young building blocks. That's like Rome wasn't built in a day. We don't have young building blocks. We have a core that has consistently failed, and now we're not willing to move our core. Oh my 
goodness, drives me nuts. Stop saying Rome wasn't built in a day. That was the first time I said it. But it's like Blake used it in his interview. Tom Gores just said it. It's like what just centers around the Pistons. Rome wasn't built in a day. Well, guess what? This team has been built over the last 10 years. So Newsflash, they still suck. Yeah, and Blake Griffin's been here for a season and a half of it. So it's totally different than any of the eight and a half years before Blake. All I'm saying is Blake is willing to give it some time, but he's not going to give it all his time. He's not 20 anymore. He's about to be 30. He's a businessman. He's man. willing. He's a businessman. Like you give said. Give him more credit than that. Give him more credit. I, I'm not he, disagreeing he, that he's eventually willing, it's bad. He's, he's willing to give it, you know, hey, I joined midseason last year. Obviously, we got, that's a wash. Okay, this next year, it wasn't going to be here. And he knew that. He knew that before this season even started. When t- people, and he was in interviews, he's like, eh, we'll see. He knew it. And he's even going to give it next year. But if there isn't improvement from this year into next year and more moves planned to improve, he's going to start getting a little that, stir-crazy. I, then he should be. But that's, that's, what, that's the all way I'm it was saying. introduced that's at the beginning. The way it was introduced at that's the beginning fine. was like but then the, Blake's asking how he's going to the media, starting to say he wants out of Detroit by making, I, you know, he's creating a rift. And that's where I he's disagree. He's creating no rift. I that's never said I he's disagree. creating a rift. That is fully Aaron's words. That's poor journalism. You don't want to get accused of it. You come out saying Blake Griffin's talking in the media. You know. I did say that. You and, you sh- and you know what? You should take note that he is frustrated and talking to the media about his frustrations. And I did not say that he was going to threaten to leave right now. Uh, he was asked that question, and that's when he replied with Rome wasn't built in a day, for the record. But it- it's just a... You need to see this, and you need to take note of it. This is like, and you need to be aware that after next year, if he gets frustrated and starts to have those thoughts, and eventually asks to be moved, that it's been coming, and it's been a long time coming. This is like on the Dan Lebetard uh, show, where it's, are you intrigued? See or no? Blake Griffin talking to the media about how he's frustrated with the way his team has played while they continue to lose games. Are you intrigued? You know how Poppy always finds a reason to say see. Well, this is a, this is a story where Poppy says no, he's not intrigued. This is this is this doesn't mean anything. It's not a story. M- moving on, as they would say on the show, um, you kind of look now. Let's take a little more of a league scope. And usually, you know, we kind of get to this point in the podcast when you know, Aaron and I are thinking about throwing hands, um, but Ryan and I are also thinking about where we're going for lunch after this, and. We're gonna say, hey, no, we're gonna we're gonna extend the podcast this week. We're gonna give you some additional coverage, right? Additional content because we need to talk a little bit about the Kristaps Porzingis trade and the Dallas Mavericks and New York Knicks completed, um, you know, a, a big time deal sending Tim Hardaway, Dennis Smith Jr. to uh, to Dallas and Kristaps Porzingis to New York. Now, obviously, uh, uh, several other pieces included. Um, going to Dallas from New York, but those are kind of the two headline names and big move for both franchises. And and I think Dallas clearly wins this trade by a landslide. But if you're New York, the one thing you get out of it is you're not hanging on to the when Porzingis is healthy, if he comes back the same guy. And Porzingis could come back and be great, and you may regret it. But if you're the Knicks, at least you can kind of move forward and say we are looking for our centerpiece, and we can build around a guy that whether we pick him in free agency because the Knicks will always be a contender in free agency, or they land you know a great pick in the draft this year, um, and they're able to secure you know one of the the top three or four pieces available uh, coming out of the college scene. This move for the Knicks is, well, I mean, it was shocking because the way it came together within an hour um, was absolutely shocking. But for the Knicks, the their time with Kristaps Porzingis was tumultuous. It was not good. There was a lack of trust between Porzingis and his group and the Knicks. And now the Knicks open up cap space. They get Dennis Smith Jr. to build around. And they get two first-round picks in 2021 and 2023. They have that cap space to go after free agents. You know, while we're on the podcast, Kyrie Irving comes out and says that you know he no longer is full-on committed to Boston and re-signing in July. 
you know, he's going to leave his options open. So Kyrie, you know, no longer is just a shoe-in to re-sign in Boston. We've heard all of the rumors about Kyrie to the Pistons. I mean, um, Kyrie to the Knicks. So uh, it's the Knicks have something they're planning. And for them to move on from Chris Tops Porzingis from a shaky relationship, they get Dennis Smith Jr. He's either a trade asset down the line or a young piece to build or build with. And you open up the cap space. They're going to continue to lose games. They're going to continue to tank. They're going to tank for what I would assume would be Zion. And go from there. The Mavericks, they get a guy that is going to fit perfectly with Luka Doncic. Is young. Is a is star in the making. Is a box office draw with Luka Doncic. That team is going to be so fun. I'm so excited to watch Dallas. And they get some other nice pieces. Tim Hardway Jr., you know, with him now being, when when Chris Stops is healthy, the third option, how will he look? You know, I'm expecting better shooting numbers. In New York, he's been the number one option just because no one else on that team knows how to play basketball very well. You get Trey Burke, a point guard that can help. You know, this is a team that lost J.J. Barea, so you get another point guard in the system, and Trey Burke has had a solid year. And then Courtney Lee's a guy that's a veteran, helps on the wing, replaces Wesley Matthews. Um... So it was a it was it, it's a good trade for our, I think both sides because I think both sides get to do what they want to do, and at the end of the day, you know we're not the front office, so saying that they shouldn't have traded Kristaps Porzingis, if that's our opinion, really doesn't matter because the Knicks have their own plan, whether we agree with it or not, and they're going to do it. So I think this trade works out for both teams. We say the Knicks in New York are a free agent destination, always players in the market, but when has that been proven? true in the last 20 years nobody wants to go to New York but I do think that changes this offseason this move was done to clear cap space for the Knicks the Knicks now have two uh, the ability to sign two max contracts hello Kyrie Irving hello Kevin Durant and they're going to get the first pick in the draft and they're going to draft Zion Williamson hello Kyrie Irving hello Kevin Durant hello Kevin Knox hello Zion Williamson they're going to bring in another piece at center to fill that out. And then you've got Dennis Smith Jr. coming in off the bench. That's where this is headed. And that's going to be the team they put together in New York. Knicks fans always fool themselves thinking they're some big hot shot. Nobody wants to join that franchise. And it's been proven. Nobody. But I think this offseason is where it changes. That's it's intriguing. It is. If you go get even one of Irving or Durant... To pair with Kevin Knox, you get Zion. She got Dennis Smith Jr. It's it's a different team. They're in years past I would have laughed at that. But with Kyrie saying what he said literally ten minutes ago you know, in our time on this podcast. Kyrie pod, though also recently said he'd be open to reteaming up with LeBron too. It's interesting. Well, I mean, if they go trade for A D, which is a whole nother thing, the Lakers, that whole that's a disaster, that whole thing. It's funny. It's petty. It's hilarious. I don't know if they're are they going to put together Kyrie, LeBron, and KD or um, AD out in LA. If, if they did, that'd be nuts. Was, was the last New Orleans Lakers potential trade when Chris Paul was traded to the Lakers and then denied by David Stern? Was that the last time the Hornets or not the Hornets, but New Orleans, the franchise in New Orleans at that time, the Hornets uh, and the Lakers have completed a deal? Yeah. So, I, I mean, I don't know if there's been another one since. Maybe like a small little minor thing that nobody thinks about, but I just keep thinking of the last time that the New Orleans franchise um, had tried working with the Lakers, and it was all botched up, and now it's all botched up again, and maybe it's just something between those two organizations that they should avoid each other. Uh, it's 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 funny. It's interesting. Um, but back to... Uh... The trade that happened. Chris Stapps and Lucas, uh, Luca playing together in Dallas. I am so excited for that. Just like Aaron. I think that's going to be so much fun. That's the new Dirk and Nash. Except I think it's going to be even more electric. I, it's going to be so much fun to watch them put this team together. Build around those two. The Mavs coming out. Punching. Coming out strong. Putting a good team together. I wish we were confident enough to make these kind of moves in Detroit. But we're not. And that's okay. Not really. But what are you going to do? Wouldn't that be nice? It's just you see all these great moves. Like, yeah, we made a great move last year for Blake Griffin, 
But what was the plan outside of, hey, let's just have a superstar? You know what I mean? Let's think, we made a big move. That was a huge move. We made move. a huge move. Blake Griffin now, is a huge move. He's great, a superstar. Great will only be... I, I Personally, I don't think you could classify it as great until Detroit makes the following moves to solidify themselves as a legit contender and make the most of the Blake Griffin era. Like... If, if Blake and his time here is great individually, but the team never pans out, I don't know if you call it a great trade. Because you gave up a first-round pick, and you might have sent your franchise back in that regard. And I don't, I'm don't, i not trying to like tick off Aaron, because he may go on to another tangent. But I'm going to remain calm the rest of the podcast. But, I keep my blood pressure low. If if Detroit is able to you know, make the follow-up moves and complete the plan, then yes, they made a great trade for Blake Griffin. So I think that's yet to be seen, but they made a huge move. Um, no, just my yeah. You're but right. if you could go make the a, whole point is, but if you could go make a great move, like you could go Dallas, like win York, a trade clearly. Dallas and New York just both made moves, like great moves you could say for them that made sense that had a plan to them. Detroit's move for Blake Griffin seemed to just be let's get a superstar and hope we can kind of he can just lead us into the right direction because the rest of the way we're cap strapped. And we can't really do anything else with this. I love Blake Griffin. I'm huge Blake Griffin stan. Obviously, if you listen to this podcast at all, you know. I want Blake Griffin's jersey in the rafters now. I love this dude. But there just didn't seem to be much of a plan. And that's all I'm talking about with Detroit's front office. It's like a full plan put together. I don't disagree. We're putting, I don't disagree. We make this great move, but then we've got this move and this move to follow up to really solidify it. Yeah, no, I don't disagree. I mean, okay. the, the corresponding moves to the Blake Griffin trade was uh trade for Jameer Nelson, and uh, I think there was one more. Who else they trade for? James Ennis. Yeah, James. Yeah. Like, those yeah. were their the corresponding moves. So. New York. Oh, I'm, I'm in uh, full agreement with literally, you guys on that. Like Both we, those teams having a plan. You hear the terms, you know, first-rate franchise and second-rate franchise. Literally, the Knicks are a third-rate franchise. And they seem to have made a really first-rate move here. I get you're You're getting rid of Porzingis, and that's kind of crazy talk when you think about it. But they opened up so much cap space <coughs> that you could sign, if, if they're able to do it, if they want to be there, Kyrie and Durant. And they'll probably have the first pick in the draft. And even if they don't, and they end up with the second, R.J. Barrett. And they've got Kevin Knox on their team. And they've got Dennis Smith Jr. All of a sudden, wow, look at that. There's talent. And Noah Vonley's on that team. And he's starting to come into his own a little bit. He can make room for as a big. They're starting to make moves. You know what? There's a plan there. And it's just something we haven't seen in this city in over a decade. And that's the only point I'm trying to make. The plan. Is there's a plan. And I like that there's a plan. And I want one day for us to have a plan. Because it seems like the plan right now is just wait and see. I just think, you know, I just think this this next week is going to be absolutely insane. It's going to be I, crazy. I really hope that the Pistons come out of it heading in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Whatever that right direction is. What, if, if Whatever they decide to do. Hopefully it's just the right move. Hopefully it's it's you can see the logistics behind it. Sell off some of the minor pieces, stand pat, make a big splash. Whatever they decide to do, whichever they pull off, hopefully it's just the right move. That's all I want is the right move. You know, just to look again at the New York-Dallas trade. Dallas gets Chris Stapps. They get Tim Hardaway Jr., Trey Burke, and Courtney Lee. New York is getting Dennis Smith Jr., DeAndre Jordan, Wesley Matthews, and two first-round picks. Matthews and Jordan could both be buyout candidates as well, something to kind of keep a note of. We'll see what New York decides to to do in that regard. Um, you know, it might be one of those things that you just hold on to them through the rest of the year, but at the same time you can buy them out, play your young guys, get some more guys and burn, and and in theory, tank, right? Oh, yeah. That's, well, that, there's still, you know, this this is a, a move for New York where they're going to continue to lose ball games. You know, Tim Hardaway Jr. was a guy that played a lot of minutes, you know, and and was a, a, a yep. first scoring option. Now they really don't have that. I mean, I guess Dennis Smith Jr. will come in and will be that. But my God, who is going to score the basketball on that team? Well, you have to wonder: were they sitting in like their war room, going like, "Hmm, okay, this guy scores the ball too much. We got to move him." And this guy scores the well, ball too I, much. I think I'm being very sarcastic, but I'm referring to 
New York in their efforts to be in a position to get that number one pick. The, the Knicks' dream is Zion. You know, yeah. you go back to that interview a few weeks ago with Zion when they played at Madison Square Garden, when Duke played at Madison Square Garden, and you know he was asked about potentially being a Nick one day, and Zion was like, "Yeah, if they have me, I want it." You know, and it's like this is bound to happen. The Knicks are they, begging they, so they hard. They just for put the their pick. dream into a hopeful reality. They are. They are going to. They're tanking to get that first pick for Zion. They believe in their front office they're going to land Durant this offseason. They believe they're la- I, I think I think more so, maybe not so much Durant. For me personally, I think it's Kyrie who they think right. they're going to land. No, they, they are positive. It came, There was a report today that came out. They're positive they're going to land Kevin Durant in the offseason. So now all of a sudden, Ky- you know NBA players talk. Everyone knows we've heard, this. We've heard Kyrie and KD teaming up in New York since last summer. Yeah, so now all of a sudden, Kyrie's not being committed to Boston. New York's front office is... Positive, they're gonna land KD. What a dream offseason, you know? Kyrie, KD, they draft Zion. And now this season, they're developing mm-hmm. uh, Dennis Smith Jr. and Kevin Knox the rest of the way together. All of a sudden, they ha- they're putting their dream together by having this tank happen. So I mean, we'll see how it works out. But that's that's what their hope is. That's what their plan is. At least they have one. At least they have one. Isn't that the truth? So exciting stuff kind of going on in the NBA. And, you know, we've talked a little bit about the Pistons and maybe what they'll do with the upcoming deadline. And, um, you know, I'd like to find a quote if I can. Um, Because Tom Gores was quoted, and I believe it was him saying, we don't have a plan, Um, referring to the trade deadline. So if I can just uh, find this for you here. But Tom Gores was interviewed after that Milwaukee game and was asked about, you know, what a, what's the direction here at the deadline? You know, what are you going to do? And he pretty much says, we, I mean, we don't really have a plan. We're, there's nothing there for us right now, but we're going to explore options. That concerns me. Like, I mean, I know you're not going to go out and you're not going to say what your plan is, but... I mean, to say we don't have a plan, that just, oh my goodness, drives me nuts. And you look at these other teams that do have a plan, and you go, man, I wish I was them. Like I really, really wish. What I will say is Ed Stefanski has shown, at least to me, that he knows what he's doing, and I buy into them. Maybe it's still in the process, but I buy into them having some sort of a plan. Whether it's still being made or whether they have it, I think it's there because I look at what Ed Stefanski has done. I look at what Ed Stefanski has said, and he doesn't BS. You know, I, he tells it like it is. So, I think Detroit front office is heading in the right direction, and I trust them. The quote: "We don't have any plans. There's nothing right there now for us, but we're always looking to improve. And the fact is, we're not winning enough, so we have to do something. But at the same time, we have injuries." We have lots of things going on. Direct quote. That quote sure is something, man. No, I agree with Aaron. Every front office has a plan. And like this, like, let's go back to this Chris Stapps trade real quick. This Porzingis trade. Obviously, it wasn't, they weren't planning this for like two months. All right, how are we going to do this? This all came together, and it seems like within a day, within a couple hours, but they probably had an outline of, hey, what can we do? Where can we go? What can we give up? And Detroit's plan right now, outline kind of seems, we might be standing pat because we are cap-strapped and we don't really have the assets. So that's where I think that Gorsh quote comes from. We know it's going to be tough to do anything. Well, boy, will we... still think they're making a move. I I, I want to believe a big move's going to happen just based off of what we've... Reading some tea leaves, you know, we've seen. But who who can be sure? At this point. But the NBA is crazy. It's crazy times in the NBA. So who knows? Well, the Pistons are back in action on Saturday versus the Clippers at home. Then they get Denver on Monday before they go travel to New York um, where they'll see the the revived, if you will, New York Knicks. Um, Actually, they have them in a back-to-back. But that home game of the back-to-back versus the Knicks will not be until after we hit the pod next Friday. So the trade deadline, 
Next Thursday, February 7th, we will be having a great podcast cast the day after on Friday um, to talk about all of the big moves that maybe Detroit will make and obviously some other big things that go on around the league. So Detroit 22-28, and 28, they've got three games coming up before we podcast next. Guys, we've had some extended pod here. Any final thoughts before we wrap up for the people? You know, just strap in. Strap in. This week is going to be insane. Uh, my suggestion, as always, is if you if you see some news come out, make sure you check for who it's from. Remember the guy that shared the, the, the Dallas and, and Detroit rumor for Andre Drummond? He's the guy that also shared that Blake Griffin was upset with Detroit, and then Blake Griffin came out and said that's false, and other beat reporters around the, around the Pistons said that was false. Make sure we're checking who you're getting your information from. Your Woj, your Sham, those are guys you should be listening to. Not someone you've never heard of before. But this week is going to be crazy. Hopefully it'll be a lot of fun. Hopefully for Pistons fans, it's a successful week. But lock in, because it's going to be a lot. Yeah, buckle up and listen to Aaron Sage advice. Make sure you're checking your sources on when you see things. And one final piece, like I said earlier, don't get butt hurt when you see your favorite player's name in draft talk or trade talks because if the Pistons want to make a big move certain pieces are going to have to be moved final question do the Pistons make small move big move or no move I'm not a gambler so I don't like doing this but screw it they're making a big move Ryan oh big move We've had injuries. We've had a lot of things going on. Your Pistons stand pat. That's my prediction. We'll find out next Friday if they make a move, if they don't, and we'll have a lot to discuss. So before you go, make sure you click that subscribe button. Make sure you tell your friends. uh, Get people to check out the pod. We're continuing to grow. Great things are happening. Check out the website. There will be a ton of content uh, about our social media pages as well. So palaceofpistons.com. Palace of Pistons on Twitter. Follow the Facebook page. Uh, or give us a like. Uh, Palace of Pistons. Um, Palace Pistons on Instagram as well. So be sure to check us out and, and, and buckle up because it will be an exciting week around the league. I don't know how exciting it will be in Detroit. I'm thinking it's going to be disappointing for most fans. Aaron and Ryan are a little more optimistic that the fans are going to have something to talk about uh, come next week. So make sure you stay tuned for it. And we will see you next time here on the Palace of Pistons podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.